You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. Join me as we connect the dots. In chapter 16, we find the familiar story of Hagar and Ishmael. What happens in this story is that Sarai can't give birth to a child. They've tried for years, decades. Abram is now in his mid-80s, Sarai close to 80 years old. And after all that time, they know that they're not going to have a child. And in the chapter before, God says, hey, I'm going to make you a great nation, Abram. I'm going to make a covenantal promise to you. You can rely on my word, but it isn't going to be Eliezer of Damascus who's going to give you that. In the ancient world, what you could do if you didn't have a child from birth was that you could choose one of your slaves to basically adopt and to become your child. It appears that Eleazar had become that for Abram, and God assures him that it won't be him. So the only other way to get there is through the birth of a child through one of the slaves. This was a common practice in the ancient world. And so Sarai says, here's my slave Hagar. Take her, Abram, have a child with her, and that child will become my child because I've given you my slave, my handmaid, as a way to be able to achieve what I couldn't achieve by myself. We trust God's promises. We're going to make them happen. And so Abram sleeps with Hagar, she becomes pregnant, and as soon as she becomes pregnant, she begins to mistreat Sarai because she now sees that she's in a favored position. Sarai goes ahead and returns the favor and returns it so well that Hagar decides to run away. And we pick up the story in the the center of the story. It's about 100 miles from this running waypoint. Abram and Sarai are camped near Hebron. The place that Hagar eventually stops at is a spring on the way to Shur, on the way back to Egypt. And it's about 100 miles or three or four days from Hebron if she's going to walk at a normal walking pace. When she stops, it says that an angel of the Lord shows up and asks her, what are you doing here, Hagar? She tells the angel about the mistreatment that she has by Sarai. And he says to her, I want you to go back. I want you to submit to her rule, even if it isn't appropriate, because I have good plans for this boy. This boy Ishmael is a a compound name like we find in a lot of the names in the ancient world that it says God hears. God actually listens to me. And I want you to hold on to that truth, Hagar. I have heard your plea, your cry for help, and I'm going to bring help to you. In fact, I'm going to provide for you what you can't provide for yourself. She wants to get away from the abuse. She wants to be free. She wants to be her own woman, in essence. And God's promise to her through the angel of the Lord is that he will be called Ishmael and that he will be like a wild donkey of a man. It's not to make a crass pun in English, 
but it is to say that he will live out in the wilds. He will be as free and as wild as the wild donkeys that roam throughout the desert. And his hand will be against everybody, and everybody's hand will be against him. He isn't going to just sit down and take it from people. He's going to push back in this process. And he is going to live in hostility with his brothers, but he is going to stand up, and he's going to stand for himself. Everything that Hagar is trying to do, he says, that's what I want to instill in this child. So from the story, we know that she goes back. And what we see in the process of her going back is that it it creates a tension in this story point between Abram's first child, Ishmael, by Hagar, and the child that he'll have later through Sarai, Isaac. Why does God allow for Ishmael to be blessed? Well, in the ancient world, Abram and Sarai are doing their best to bring God's promise to fulfillment. He says, you will have a child through your seed, through your loins. And it was Abram who had sex with Hagar. And in that world, having a child through a handmaiden was as legitimate as having it through a wife. We'll see this in the story of Jacob and his wives. So they're doing something very legitimate. But what God wants to do is he wants to accomplish his plan in the way that bring him the most glory. But he isn't going to trounce on Abram's desire to bring this to fruition. In fact, he's going to bring blessing by being what Hagar sees God to be. In fact, it's the only time in scripture that we see a person giving a name to God rather than God giving a name to humanity. She calls him El-Ra, the one who sees, but it has a deeper meaning. It's, it's the one who really perceives. It's the one who gets it. And what that means is that when God sees, he cares and he intervenes. He steps in and he meets us even when we don't fulfill the perfection of his plan and all that he wants to do. He's still going to show grace. He's still going to show mercy. He's still going to show kindness. And that concept is going to be essential to understanding who God is throughout this entire story. Many people are going to try to do their best to achieve God's purposes, And they're going to fall short. They're not going to be exactly what God wants in the process. He doesn't trounce our failures or our inability to understand the fullness of all that he wants to accomplish. He's going to take those efforts and he's going to bless them as far as he can bless them. But that doesn't take away also from his larger goal that he does have a plan. He is a God who sees, he perceives, he gets it. He understands where this whole journey is going, and he is going to walk us through this. He'll meet us when we're a Hagar out in the middle of the desert, feeling like we'll never have a place and we'll never find freedom. And he'll actually work that, maybe not to us personally, but through that, through us, to our children and to our children's children. And he's also a God that when we do our best to fulfill his plans and what we believed he's asked us to do, He's a God who will see it even further. He gets it. He gets where it needs to go, and we can trust that he will take us to that point. This is a great, great God. He truly is El Ra, 
the God who sees, the God who gets it. And he's the God who even hears those that shouldn't be heard and always has a place for them. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you'd like more information, please visit us at drjasonlanker.com. That's D-R-Jason-L-A-N-K-E-R. May you go in the grace of God, and may you not just understand the Christian faith, but live it more fully this week.